From the Downtown Tyler Visitor Center, this is Roses and Weeds. I am your host, Julie Goodgame, and I am joined today by a special guest return host. You might know her as Deputy Dog, but we also <laughs> know her as Deputy City Manager, Stephanie Franklin. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Julie. Um, I'm really glad that you're here to help me, um, and um, we'll, interview, we'll introduce our interview subject here in a minute, but I'm very glad you're here to help me today because we are back for our annual budget episode. It seems like this is the only time you bring me to the show, this but is, it's no yeah. offense taken. Yeah, it's not true, though. You, but the budget is the most exciting thing we do, right? So exciting. So for our listening audience, if you are Roses and Weeds listeners from way back, you know then that our very special guest today is none other than City Manager Ed Broussard. Hi, Ed. Hey, hey, hey. Who's ready for some budget today? (laughs) Ed is our budget guru. He loves talking about budget. Yes. He would talk to you for hours, and today he will. Yes. (laughs) We will try to edit Typically, people walk away after about the first three minutes. Um, So hopefully, though, we can make it to where exciting enough. make it fun. People will stay in there uh, to, to keep it going. Well, I guess if we're going to try and make it exciting for y'all, um, we should explain why it's important. Maybe that'll jazz us up. Yes. <laughs> Ed, why is budget important? Sell but, me. You know, budget, you know, it's, I've been doing budgets uh, for 20 plus years now. And the thing that we've come to talk about when we talk to people about budgets, because, you know, when you're doing your home budget or whatever, it's never a pleasant thing. My wife's like, you know, wants to sit down and say, hey, let's work on our budget. I'm like, you know. I could go outside and just, you know, uh, you know, bake in the sun instead. Um, <laughs> that sounds so much more fun. Yard but, work is way uh, better. Uh, yard than work budgeting. is so much better than budgeting. <laughs> so, um, but the thing of that the budget is, especially on the city level, is the budget is a story about what are we planning to do for the next year. Um, it's that story, and so oftentimes people, you know, when they t- when they hear about budget and they hear about the different numbers, and uh, goodness knows we're going to talk about some of the different things that are involved in the budget. The big part, though, is it is the big picture of what that fiscal year budget is, and that fiscal year budget is that story about the city of Tyler and the Tyler community over the next twelve months as it advances forward. Fiscal. Did y'all hear that word, fiscal? <laughs> it is. It's kind of an aggressive word. Fiscal. This was not aggressive. It sounds aggressive. It's money, but it sounds... Yes, but it's more than just money. It is the concept of the utilization of resources uh, to accomplish the mission that we have. My eyes are wide open, not (laughs) pleasing at all. (laughs) And it's not our money, you know? No, that's very true, and that's why it's very important we have episodes like this where we talk about how How do we we spend spend taxpayer and ratepayer funds. And so with that, I'm going to ask you... What is the theme this year? Because every year we've got a theme. You know, every year we have a theme. And this was an interesting year in that, you know, last year we had a big, as far as push on the new conference center being opened up and uh, work that was going on. And so you, you had these major projects. And next year we have a big push on uh, things like the downtown and different fis- or improvements uh, for that. This year, though, we looked at it and go, well, what is it that our, what we're really working towards? Because we don't have a big announcement about, you know, major just dirt being uh, going up in the air and something then put up in its place. It's really about, though, this year was about being future ready. 
That's the theme we kind of developed and worked on because what we're doing this year is focusing on, and I mentioned resources earlier, which because that's what ultimately budgets are. That's what when we talk about fiscal uh, responsibility. It is about the utilization of the resources. And it's about how making sure that we have the resources, that the staff are able to be able to be able to be compensated and a way that keeps them here, especially the great employees that we have all throughout our organization uh, that are doing the work on behalf of our community and our citizens. And so it is that piece of getting our organization ready for those years that are we're about to really advance towards. And so Future Ready was a budget theme we came up with and uh, presented um, as we did with this budget to the council. Very cool. Yes. and. Um, and you t talked a little bit about it. That encompasses making sure that we've got the personnel in place, um, making sure that we have the infrastructure in place. We may not be turning dirt, but we are maintaining what we have and making sure that it's ready for our capacity building. We're going to talk all about all of that here in a minute, but first, a word from our sponsors. Looking for your new forever best friend? Come on down to Tyler Animal Services. We have dogs, cats, and sometimes pocket pets available for adoption. Come find your new best friend at 4218 Chandler Highway in Tyler. You can also see available pets for adoption by visiting our website, cityoftyler.org. All right, welcome back to Roses and Weeds. This is your special guest, Stephanie Franklin, today, and we are talking budget with a capital B. Ed Broussard, our city manager. Also with a capital B. Yes, exactly. Also with a capital Broussard B. Broussard also Mr. starts with a B. Mr. Broussard. Yes. Otherwise known as Brusser. That's not how you say it. <laughs> Sometimes people mispronounce it, but we're correcting that today on the podcast. That's right. It is Broussard, not Correct. Broussard. Yes. Or Brussard. All right. So really, we're here talking about budget. Yes. Let's talk about general funds. General fund is really, you know, where all the action's happening right now. For all your property tax. That's all well, your property tax goes. That's what most people, your when, sales tax. When people think about the city, that's often what they think about. You know, when you drive, you know, let's get in a car. We can drive around. You're going to see police. You're going to see the fire stations. You're going to see um, just street work being done. You've got all this different stuff going on. And the main part of it that you're seeing, you know, you can go to the library, all these different places is paid for from the general fund. By the way, general fund, just kind of a little budget 101 here, uh, is when we talk about the general fund, these are the services that do not pay for themselves. So when you call 911 and dispatch, they don't ask for a credit card number. Uh, they're this sending you the help you need at that moment uh, because of all the property taxes that we pay collectively, the sales tax we pay collectively, all that goes into a general fund that pays for those services that you aren't directly paying for. And we'll talk about enterprise funds, or which can be your utilities, your airport, solid waste. We'll talk about those later. But yeah, the general fund is one that people, when they think about the city of Tyler, uh, this is the thing they think about the most. So tell us, you know, if you think about this year's tax rate, tell us, what, tell us what's going on with the tax rate. Are we paying more? Are we paying less? That's a great question, Stephanie, <laughs> Deputy Dog Franklin. Um, so the thing that we on the property tax rates, so the state of Texas changed the calculations on those, and they determine how the property tax rates are calculated. Uh, and so every session they meet, and they kind of tinker it here and tinker it there. And a couple of years ago, they came and really did some tinkering to it to kind of make it, even gave it new terms and new phrases. And so uh, Kedrick Trimble, who's our finance director, and I, we still kind of old school and still use some of the, the old terminology, uh, but the thing that we look at is the rate, what we, is what now is called the no new revenue rate, 
which kind of generates the same amount of property taxes as the year before. And then there is the voter approval rate, which is the max that you can increase your rate before you get to a point that you need to take it out to the voters for consideration of approval. Um, by the way, property taxes, lots to talk about property taxes. It's always in the news. Texas is a very, as far as property taxes are high, um, and that's, you know, that's actually true. In Texas, property taxes is one of the, because we don't have income taxes, we don't have a number of other type of taxes that other states might have. So property taxes are very high here in Texas. But in Tyler, actually are the brunt of our, uh, as far as general fund, comes from sales taxes. We are the kind of the uh, center of capitalism here in East Texas. And so uh, between the retail and commercial, all of that then kind of comes here to Tyler. And so sales tax makes up 45% of our general fund, whereas your property taxes only make up 33%. We try to put it this way to help people kind of put it in context. If you took the police and fire departments together, there's lots of other services we pay for from the general fund besides just those. But if you take those two and put them together, that's about your uh, what you have uh, from property taxes itself. It pays for about um, 60% of the police and fire salaries or police and fire budgets uh, together. And so, you know, what we collect from just property taxes doesn't even cover those departments uh, to be able to provide services. Part of the reason that we don't, we have such a low levy for property taxes is we're one of the lowest property tax rates in the state of Texas. Um, we Our tax rate was 26 cents this previous year, is now 24 cents. But, uh, and I'll get to a minute about why that's actually still a tax rate increase, even though, uh, you know, the simple math that I learned back in, uh, you know, in uh, Winnie Elementary School uh, would tell me that the numbers are smaller, but um, the number, it actually is an increase, and I'll get to that in a second. But the piece of it is, though, the uh, property taxes are really just kind of a smaller amount towards our general fund services, um, and even though it is probably the thing that we spend the most time talking about of our revenue generation uh, that we have, especially when we're talking about the general fund. The property taxes I made mention of dropped from the rate itself, as we calculated, it went from four, uh, 26 cents to 24 cents. The thing that we have to take in context, though, is property valuations went up about 10% over this past year. So for 2023, and you know, when you got your property tax valuation, for the most part, most people in Tyler saw a increase in valuations. To help kind of even put a little bit better story on it, the average property value, average home value in Tyler last year in 2022 was $259,000. So in 2023, that average home value is $319,000. So that's a 23% increase on just the average home value. So when we do this, um, then when you take that still that average home value, because of that 23% increase it had in valuation, when we then look to say, hey, what does that impact then going to have on the property tax rate as we calculate it and put it together, uh, then that house is now going to pay an additional amount, even though the rate dropped on that house. So that kind of helps kind of you understand a little bit of why, even though I say that the property tax rate went from 26 cents to 24 cents, that's an increase in property taxes because of the fact it's going to bring, bring in more money because the valuations of homes went up to um, as high as they did. And so one of the things you mentioned earlier was public safety. And a big percentage of property taxes are covering public safety. So that's police and fire. And we know this year 
we um, we at the city did a, you know sort of a, a, a took a look at what what are we paying what is the market rate what are we paying our employees specifically police and fire so do you want to talk about the market increases that we're working on for public safety and the impact of that and the importance of keeping talent and recruiting talent yes uh, <laughs> I was kind of waiting that, for their question was, mark appeared. I, get, I know, I was trying um, to get there. All so, of that sounds good, Stephanie. Uh, yes. <laughs> all, all of that is, is correct and pertinent. Yes. <laughs> so what we began last, so for fiscal year 22, which was our, our fiscal year 23, pardon me, uh, which was our last fiscal year, the one we just ended, we authorized a classification compensation study for our entire organization. One of the things that we hadn't done that in decades for the entire organization and especially with the increase that we've seen in just the market rates for employees in different positions uh, and our competitiveness on that. Because that's something people need to remember is even though there's only one city of Tyler in Tyler, we are competing for employees to work at the city of Tyler with different other cities throughout uh, the state as well as other places as well. But primarily we just look at kind of here within the state of Texas about what are you know what is the different pay that is being done at different locations in order to make sure we're staying competitive so we did this classification and compensation study uh results came in and so we took a look at that and saw where we had different positions that uh throughout the organization that were below the market rate um and a big bulk of that we looked at especially was on our civil service but police you know we've had difficulty with hiring or recruiting for police one of the commitments we've made to our citizens in tyler is that we only are going to hire the best uh, when it comes to police and fire uh, to be able to provide services and public safety for them. So if we want to be hiring only the best uh, for Tyler's Police Department and that as far as the amount of people we're able to attract to even consider policing as a profession continues to dwindle, uh, we're going to have to make it to where it is kind of worth their while for us to look for them to look at us. So for police, um, what we looked at is for the increase of their pay uh, to get them to market with our comparable market cities. Uh, it was about seven to nine percent to bring up their pay components. Um, and then on the fire side, also we saw a need to increase on the fire, and theirs went to about three percent. Um, we haven't had necessarily the competitiveness for uh, fire recruits like we've had for police recruits. Uh, but there is still that desire, that need to kind of push that up just because there has still been an escalation of pay for that. Now, also, we made sure for our employees that we looked to see how can we, for merit increases, kind of working that in there, as well as uh, cost of living adjustments in special relationship to our public safety, uh, police and fire. Um, and then we also looked at those at the bottom of our pay ranges. And we had a number of employees, about 90 employees that were 15% below the market outside of police and fire. And so we were able to bring those up to that 15%. Everybody now is at least 15% or above market, uh, or at market, mm -hmm. I should say, with now uh, the changes we've made to our pay system. And over the next probably about three fiscal years, we want to try to get those at bottom-level employees or those who had really kind of fallen that much below and kind of continue to bring them. In. So eventually we get to the whole organization to market as compared to our comparable cities. So our, you know, our increased revenue that we were brought in really is covering those salary increases. Then we, we are... For PD and fire. For PD and fire. Yes. And uh, what, so what else in the general fund, what other increased revenue um, projects? I know some of the new gear for uh, the fire department and truck, new 
Completing fire trucks. So for the fire engines especially, what we've tried to do is get to where we're uh, getting those on a more regular rotation schedule. We have had kind of difficulties over the time, you know, decades of where we've been like, you know, let's run this fire engine into the ground. Well, you want when you call 911 to know that the fire engine starts um, at the station to get to your house. Uh, and so we are making sure that we're now having those engines. So we have two new fire engines coming in. Uh, this coming year. You know, one of the things that we've started, especially on the police and fire, has been to start our own academies. And so to continue to provide the resources needed for those academies to be able to flourish, to be able to then put employees then moving up into those police and fire jobs. And so that's been something that we've been quite excited about um, and working towards. The other piece, especially on the general fund side, is on street improvements. Mm -hmm. We actually take two cents of our tax rate. So even though it dropped from 26 cents to 24 cents, we're still taking two cents of that 24 cents and being committing that to our street quality commitment fund. And what that does is provides for us to be able to do the seal coating throughout on the different streets that you see throughout the city, as well as we've been making an emphasis on some alleyways of improving those, and then on the brick streets. And so we have actually increasing the amount that we are putting towards our brick street program this coming year in order to be able to continue with the improvements that we've started this fiscal, or this past fiscal year on taking some of those streets, uh, brick streets, and starting to smooth them out and providing a better surface there for people to be able to drive on uh, instead of kind of the rough roller coaster effect that you have in, on a number of our brick street areas. So those are just some of the things that kind of with our uh, general fund that we're really kind of working towards and being able to find some improvements on. Okay, so we're going to take a break and regroup and hear from our sponsors. Whether it's for business, a family getaway, exploring aviation history, or learning to fly, we offer endless possibilities. Take flight at Tyler Pounds Regional Airport. Visit flytyr.com to learn more. And we're back in downtown Tyler talking budget. We just got done with the general fund. Thank you, Deputy Dog. Yes. And Broussard for walking us through. And now we're going to switch over. So we're going to switch gears, shift your mind. It's a whole different fund. These are enterprise funds. And enterprise funds run like a business, right? And we've got lots of different ones within the city. We're not going to hit on all of those today because you've got places to be. But we are going to talk to you about probably the, the ones that you um, have the most interaction with, and that is uh, your, your, util your utilities fund, your water, your wastewater, um, basically what you get on your water bill every month. And the first thing we'll talk about is um, what's going on with that water bill with those rates Ed, what am I going to see? Rates are going up, Julie. I mean, I'm already, I'm already, I look, I asked Ed, Ed, yeah, <laughs> what am I going to see? Rates are going up, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Keep. Those bills are coming out right now as we release. So uh, I need to, I need to know what to, what to expect here. So one of the, the, to kind of walk it back, um, to really kind of where, to get us to where we are today. You know, if we're going to be future ready, we've got to be past proficient. There, uh, I like it. There you go. Thanks that's, for plugging the that's our, uh, the, yeah. the tag, by the way. <laughs> so, but it is to, so to kind of think back to where why we why you're seeing some of the rate increases as you have been and will continue to see goes into really the kind of change in push on utilities. So, for water or wastewater, it had been something that had been in Tyler, and I'm just going to be blunt about it. Not something that we spent a lot of. Funding and towards and kind of as far as really improvements of 
our system. And so to kind of give you the cycle of life for a utility system, you start with your lakes, where we have Lake Palestine and Lake Tyler, that then uh, we then take water out of uh, to then send to our water treatment plants, which you have two water treatment plants, Golden Road and Lake Palestine. And then from those treatment plants, water is then pumped into our uh, water distribution lines that then come eventually to your tap at your house, that then you then turn on the faucet and water uh, magically comes out um, of that faucet that is clean, it's safe, and it is, in fact, uh, as the state of Texas has rated us as a superior water quality um, because of all the treatments and the work that we do on our water system. So that water, that superior water, comes out of your tap, and then it goes down the drain. And so then from as it goes down that drain, then comes to your wastewater lines that then gets picked up at our, on our side on our wastewater collection lines that then all flow downhill, uh, literally, uh, <laughs> to our west side wastewater treatment plant and our south side wastewater treatment plant. And then that is treated. Um, it is then the, the waste is collected uh, and put aside. Um, and then uh, it is the treated water is then put back in your creeks that then ultimately lead uh, all the way back to your lakes uh, that then, you know, start over, start the process over again. So putting that in mind, you have, if you took your wastewater collection system, those, so those are just the lines, not even the plants, but all those lines through Tyler and you kind of put them in a straight line, you would, have, you'd be able to take them all the way to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, not Atlanta, Texas, but Atlanta, Georgia. The Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA had been working with us really probably about starting about a decade and a half ago on improvements that we needed to do to that system because of just cracks, of things that have been getting into it, of just problems that we've been having, and really that a lot of, there hadn't been a lot of maintenance done with the entire system. So what we have now had to do really for about the past, oh goodness, about eight years now, uh, has been really working on the improvements to the collection system, the wastewater collection system. Um, and now on top of that, we really are starting to focus on improvements to the water treatment plants and the water uh, as far as distribution system, um, and that is also then part of this. And so now that's our past, and so that gets us to today. The thing is we need to be able to generate the funding to be able to pay towards these improvements. A lot of it is done through debt, um, but there is some cash that we put towards this as well. So the increase that we're doing on the EPA compliance or the regulatory compliance fee, which pays towards the debt associated with the wastewater, with the improvements we're doing to our wastewater system on those uh, lines, is increasing by $6.28 to $19.70 total now for that environmental compliance fee. So that's, you're going to see that $6.28 increase on your bill. That'll be the biggest increase you're going to have on your utility bill, uh, which pays towards, again, the debt for towards this, what we're doing on the wastewater collection system. Now, we do, though, still have, we're making a big change to how we charge for water and wastewater, the primarily water, um, in the way that we develop our system. Previously, we have used what was a declining rate structure. So the more water you used, the less, the, per tier, kind of the less that water cost. So that'd be great if you're a huge water customer. When you're a smaller water customer, you're actually paying more uh, for that as far as 1,000 gallons of water than you are as a bigger uh, customer. Um, and so what we're trying to do now, we were one of the last cities in Texas that still had a system that had that type of declining rate structure. Um, most cities have an inclining rate structure, which is where you're paying more 
for the more water you use uh, per tier or what has been for the one that we've got, which is more of a neutral system that we're putting in place uh, so that water per thousand gallon cost is the same for every customer, uh, no matter how much water they're using. And so that's the piece that we're really kind of putting in place for this, uh, that we started with the past fiscal year, fiscal year 23. Uh, it's a five-year transition we're doing. And so this uniform volumetric rate, as we call it, uh, the second phase year of this hits with fiscal year 24, which began on October 1st. Uh, so customers will see slight changes to uh, their, their bill on that. It's about a 20 cent increase in the volumetric uh, rate, the usage rate for water and wastewater. You'll, you'll see both of those kind of coming into play for your utility bills um, on your water and wastewater side. And the reason for that is we're using that to help kind of really start to pay towards the cash needed and also the debt for the improvements we're making to water treatment plants, on our water uh, distribution lines, and even on our wastewater treatment plants, ultimately, is kind of where we get to the, what what this goes towards. Um, you know, when we talk about being future ready, you know, you, you have to look at to say for the growth that we have in Tyler, as well as just the age of our system. You know, we, a couple years ago, we celebrated the hundredth anniversary of Tyler water utilities. Um, some of those hundred, <laughs> those lines <laughs> from a hundred years ago are now more are, are still in the ground, especially like the places like the Azalea district. So with that in mind, uh, we have to continue, like I said, to, to improve on our water and wastewater systems. To, uh, you know, one of the things that we're kind of really excited about is even though we have a superior water quality, we understand, especially because of the water that's coming from Lake Palestine, there's still somewhat a gritty taste with that. When Lake, Tyler, when Lake Palestine was created, they didn't take out the trees in Lake Palestine. So when you see all those tree stumps kind of uh, poking through the water still as you're driving over the bridges, that's because they didn't take those out. And so the geosmin that we have to warn, or not warn, but we tell people about every year to say, hey, you have a gritty taste to your, um, to your water. We understand that's a geosmin. We're working to try to treat it as best we can. That's because of all the stuff that was left in Lake Palestine. Did you say it was gritty or earthy? I don't find it gritty. I find it you earthy. like earthy. Well, we can do earthy. Like earthy. It has an earthy tone. I mean, gritty implies texture. Oh, this is more of a taste. This I like is, that. This is like you know maybe there were some mushrooms like, in the water or something like okay, that. Okay, now you're getting psychedelic, which is different <laughs> than gritty and earthy. Earthy. <laughs> yeah. Earthy. Our water is not psychedelic, uh, and I will give you it is not gritty. It does have an earthy texture to it or tone to it uh, during certain undertones. parts of the year because of the Lake Palestine effect. Uh, that uh, happens there. Those organics. Now, but ultimately, one of the things we're getting to is where with the water treatment plant, and it'll be kind of over the next few years, but you're going to see improvements to the water treatment plants that really are able to capture more of that earthy tone um, and <laughs> uh, kind of so that with ultimately then gets to you from the stuff we're taking in from Lake Palestine is just kind of a more bottled water effect uh, I will say, uh, type of water uh, where they have filtered out uh, that earthy tone. That earthy, yeah. So if you want those organic, if you want that organic experience with your water, you'll have to do some sort of like add back. I'm sure there's a service yes. that will do that for you. <laughs> but this, this, will, this will be like tasteless, odorless, all I that think the stuff. takeaway though, if I may, Oh, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> you may. Because I did notice that I was going on for quite a while no, no, on that No, no, no. I was just going to say. And I noticed your, either your you mesmerization know. or your sleepiness um, <laughs> as I was going through that, uh, that discussion. Well, I was just going to say, the city of Tyler is in the water business, 
Yes, but we're not in the water business to make money. We're, I mean, we pay, you pay for a service. We take your money and we, we utilize your money for that service. Manufacturing of water is more expensive. All the service lines that we have to fix over the years don't last forever. So, I mean, I think that, you know, we would, we would like to be able to um, not have to increase rates, but also it's getting more expensive to, yes. to you, you know, that's process a, water. That's a great point, Stephanie, because of the fact when you start talking about water and wastewater systems, the cost of that is so substantial. You know, people probably don't really kind of put that in mind when, when they're paying their utility bill of the millions needed every year just for improvements. That's not even as far as operations. Just for improvements, um, you know, it's when we bring items to council. You know, council sometimes has just kind of almost a sticker shock. But at this, and we have these conversations of, you know, three millions on three three million at this council meeting for improvements to mm -hmm. our wastewater collection system, or here's you know five million that we need to spend out at uh, Westside Wastewater Treatment Plant for improvements at that location. This is this is the cost of these systems. These systems are not cheap. Um, it is and. For those that are not, you know, it's the thing that we kind of sometimes talk about, especially in retrospect, is when we had cheap, cheap rates. Right now, our rates, as we even as they continue to climb, right. are really on par with our comparable cities. So are we're about in the middle of the pack when it comes to rates uh, for what we're charging for utilities. But back when, you know, there was, there was nothing really to be proud of when we had low, low rates because what that meant was you're not making improvements to the system. We you're were just paying investing, for right. bare operations. And what we're having to do now is to pay for that. And so there's that catch-up that's now occurring, and this is often a difficult thing to discuss, but it is the truth. And the truth is we are paying today because we didn't pay in the past. And so the rates that we are now kind of increasing and bringing them up to today and in the future are because we didn't charge as far as what would have probably been comparable rates in the past that would have allowed for the maintenance needed then so you're not having to do all the maintenance now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, since uh, 2016, not including what we bonded, where we, we've done $48 million in cash, I'm uh, worth of work to the water and sewer system, and I'm really excited. I was really excited this year to, to hear that, you know, in the upcoming 48 months, we're going to be looking at those projects that address taste and smell, that we're going to be looking at projects that address pressurization, because it is, I think, you know, for our residents, you're, they're not out at the plants every day. They're not, they're not down in the, literally in the trenches <laughs> where we're digging out these lines and we're replacing them. So they, unless they experience, what they experience is in the home. It is that pressurization. It is that taste and smell. It is that, you know, bottled water effect coming out of my faucet. And that's what people are looking for. Yes. Well said. Um, yeah. I think that's, that is a big component of that's, you know, it's, it's a weird thing of walking before you can run. And that's what I think what you've seen from us for the past few years has been, how can we start to get our system to where it is? Well, and this has really been a commitment. I'll go back to, you know, especially Mayor Hines uh, and the council then, and that's continue, that commitment has continued even with Mayor Warren of taking a system that was in dire need of repair and continuing now to to put that effort forward and not not look back and instead always looking forward of what do we need to do to improve the system first to make sure it is entirely safe for our community, and that one we can you know just you know 
just say you know with um, you know with pride about the the how the safe our water and wastewater mm-hmm. systems have become for our community. And then the second piece is then how do you improve on the quality? Yes. And that's the piece really that over the next few years uh, you'll see a big effort and push towards as well. And you know when you look at your water bill you forget or maybe you don't, but sometimes I think. You, you get the bill and all you think about is, oh, this is my water bill. But it's not just your water bill. It's also your trash bill. Oh, what? I'm, yeah. I, what? I'm glad you brought that up. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're talking about it. <laughs> I know. I'm having to pay it's, for it's my a twice segue. a week quality uh, pickup uh, service that uh, I receive. Look, wow. also, I, I only think I need once a week pickup. We've, so, we've heard plenty of that uh, from our residents, Julie. Thank you. I am the voice of the people. Hello, people. <laughs> I represent you. Um, <laughs> if you have a large family, you don't think that way. Yeah. You know, if you recycle, then you also... And we compost. And if compost. you guys out there don't compost, you should, because you will have amazing flower beds and yards. I'm just okay. telling you. Well, then there's those of us that just kind of live normal lives. Um, <laughs> oh, Ed, you're a gardener. You know you are. I do, but I go compost to make it my life. Uh, oh, um, yeah. terrible so practice. So yeah. hard. Oh, I'm going to have to I come. am a terrible person. I don't mind admitting that. My, I have no problem You're with my neighbor, um, so I can literally come to your house and, and help you fix this. But okay. let's move on. Let's, let's get back to my, the topic. Uh, let's yes. get back to the trash um, service. Twice a week pickup. Yes, twice a week pickup. And by the way, whenever we have experimented with going to once a week during like the holiday weeks, um, there was a huge backlash that occurred. Uh, so for you uh, once a weekers, uh, remember you live in a community uh, of twice a weekers uh, that do like that <laughs> and want that. And so uh, we heard loud and clear and uh, we ain't messing with that. that now that is true. Like- the difficulty though is that if we continue with as we continue with twice a week service is figuring out how to make sure we pay for it. You know we've had to increase our pay for our uh, drivers. And by the way, you know just to kind of put in perspective, a solid waste truck a day, a day in the life of a solid waste truck driver, uh, he's driving something the size of a tank uh, down city streets with cars parked on both sides, picking up um, as far as trash uh, and not hitting anything. Uh, so they are remarkable in what they do uh, and able to provide for our community. And then you add to that the amount of kids that you know stand at their windows waiting for the uh, solid waste drivers to go by and then have birthday parties or you know kind of organized around the solid waste guys. This is the, our solid waste has just received remarkable customer service uh, praise uh, for how they handle situations, and we're very proud of them. Now, but in order to provide that quality waste ser- solid waste service, um, as well as fuel cost increases and some things of that nature, we have to charge appropriately. And so the, we are going to have a dollar eighty-five increase um, on the residential waste collection fee as part of this budget. And so for our thirty-one thousand customers, um, they will see this in their utility bill that Stephanie may mention of. Um, that now they will be paying towards. Again, the rate stays, or the collection service stays the same twice a week. We are experimenting a little bit with our uh, solid waste, uh, bulky waste, our bulky waste pickup uh, collection, and that has less to do with some of this other stuff that I've made mention of, but more along the lines of just how long it takes for us to pick it up. Um, And so you're, that's probably a whole nother roses and weeds. Uh, yeah, solid, about solid waste, waste roses but, and weeds would be would be uh, a trash yeah. trash talk. Ooh. Yeah, we I should talk we some should, trash. We should. Trash is very interesting and also expensive. Yes, <laughs> and so your your trashy talk 
is a great opportunity to talk about just some of the things mm-hmm. about, well, you know, why are we changing bulky waste pickup? Why do we go to 6 a.m. start for solid waste collection? Those kind of things as we try to improve our services. Where does our trash to go? To the community. Ooh, to the landfill. That was, Where? I thought that was a given. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Where? <laughs> the you landfill. You know, it's, a, it's so easy, I think, for sometimes to take for granted the fact that you know, you turn on the faucet, water comes on, and the trash gets picked up, and it's no problem. It should be so easy. But that's what we want. <laughs> They're, right. That's the beauty of... That's the beauty of living in a city that's doing a good job for you. Exactly. This, you know, we, we often talk about, when we meet new, talk to our new employees, and uh, we talk amongst ourselves, when you don't notice us, we, we are... It, City employees, for the main part, uh, don't like spotlights. We are, you know, nose to the grindstone. We like to get stuff done. We don't want any accolades. In fact, we're kind of introverts uh, for the most part. Um, and so we just we just want to do a great job, make our neighbors, our family, our all of our community just proud to be living here, um, but not necessarily know that we were the ones doing it. That's the that's that's the great part about the city about all the stuff we do is we don't do it for ourselves we don't do it for a spotlight uh, we do it because we want the people in this city you know like I said our our family our friends our neighbors uh, and this whole community is our neighbor but uh, to be able to wake up every morning turn on that water brush their teeth and uh, get in that car not hit any red lights is our goal but and we know you're going to hit some it's, it's better uh, we're getting better we're trying to get better all the time just be able to uh, get to work you know and then go in reverse spend time with your family enjoy that and never think at all about Stephanie or Julie not that we don't uh, think the world I think about y'all I'm like <laughs> man I am so proud of them and the work that they're doing but uh, if the if the people in Tyler never think about Ed, Stephanie, or Julie, or Deputy Dog, if you mm-hmm. want, that's what you're going by that's right. nowadays, then, then then we've done our job. Right. I, I do prefer anonymity. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about one more then, Enterprise Fund, and then I think we are good to wrap this episode. But And tell me what's going on with transit. Transit? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> so here's what, the thing. What, uh-huh. why, why are we getting on transit? But she asked about it. So hold on. Hold on, sister. We're going to do this. So transit. So real talk. Our costs for transit have gone up. We went from about 500000 uh, that uh, that we were paying. So so let me even go further back. So we get uh, federal funding for our transit service, and that pays for all the buses and uh, our vehicles that we use. It pays partly towards the cost of the employees and all of the services and operations and resources. But it doesn't cover it 100%. There's what we call a local match that has to be provided as part of our, uh, to, to get pulled down those federal dollars that we use for our transit service. Now, that local match, typically we try to keep it about 500000 And during the COVID years, uh, the feds actually uh, came in and said, hey, we understand y'all are going through some trying times. Y'all got some weird stuff happening. We're going to take care of your local match. So they actually pay towards it. But with that, and again, a lot of this has to go towards the escalation of pay. We now have, and then the cost of some of the other stuff. When we started putting this budget together, we found that our local match had grown from that 500000 to 700000 And we intended, we wanted that to actually go from start at the 500000 and try to go down. So you can see that just kind of the growth there that we've had on the cost of involving the program and trying to figure out some way to come to some kind of cost management of that program. 
So what we looked at were what are the things that we have very little usage of. We have very little usage of our Saturday services. We have little usage of uh, some of the service routes we were providing to UT Tyler and to TJC. Uh, special services to be able to kind of move those students around to uh, around the, the city. There were some other different parts of the components of it that we looked at that we said, why don't we start to try to decline, decrease this service or eliminate this service just because of, again, lack of usage. Also on the cost. We hadn't increased the cost for about probably about 15 or so years. Um, and so when people talk about double the cost, uh, you know, that sounds a little bit, you know, like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you're doing that to people. It's going from a dollar to two dollars. I'm picking up on a theme with us. Like, we don't necessarily, like, incrementally increase over the years. Yes. Like, we keep trying to keep things the same, and the world does not stay the same. Uh, exactly. It's it's one of the downsides. And, I'll, I'll, you know, now we're really doing a behind the uh, curtain uh, yes, for we're budgeting. Getting into the weeds. It is the downside of of municipal budgeting is that because we know the people that impact this impacts. I mean, let's face it. When we talk about utilities, you know who it impacts? It impacts my wife. Uh, I'm going to have to hear about it every month about why are we? Why was the bill this? Uh, and I'm going to say, uh, you know what? Hold on, I got to go back to my notes and I got to find for you uh, why I increased your, our bill <laughs> yeah. uh, by this much. My apologies to you, but you know what? Sammy puts up with me, and so I appreciate her uh, for that. Um, so, yes, because we know the people it impacts, and this is whether it be baseball fields or water or transit, we're always worried about increasing that incrementally. It's almost to a point where it just kind of like with transit and the story we're talking about here to the point of where it just it's 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 almost about to where it's breaking that we're like, OK, we got to do something to fix it now. And so that's what you kind of see with transit now. The the also the great thing about though municipal budgeting is because we know the people it impacts, they're able to talk to us and tell us, hey, this is impacting me. For some people, we understand, you know, talking about transit, they said the cost increase is not a problem. So while the general public is like, I can't believe you're doubling the cost, the people using the system who actually know what the cost is, they go, yeah, we probably should have been paying $2 instead of a dollar long ago. But what they did say is that Saturday service was so crucial to me to be able to have my job. That Saturday service was what able to me to get from here to there, and I need some level of that. And there are a couple of other components. And so we actually have one more public hearing at the time of this recording. Uh, we have one more public hearing we're going to do on the budget. And then actually to the city council uh, on October 11th, we're going to do a presentation to them on some compromises I think we can make. Is there still a cost increase that the city bears? Yes. Does it help us, though, kind of get a little bit of better cross-control than what we used to have and start a kind of a path forward to be able to have even even better cost control on this? I think so. Um, but that's... Again, that's when we talk about budgeting, a lot of this stuff, it seems like, oh, it's already, this is all worked out. And the transit story for this year, I think, is a great opportunity for the public to see about how much of this actually is worked out behind the scenes. And when it comes public, people are like, oh, I can't believe this is going on. Or, you know, this is, but some of these public processes and discussions are needed in order to figure out what is for the customer that we're providing to, for the person, the citizen that is receiving the service. What is the best way for them to do that? Understanding that we still all bear this cost together. You know, that additional, that local match is paid for ultimately through the general fund. So that is your sales taxes and your property taxes and your fines and fees that are all, you know, that I'll collect in there to then pay together towards that be able to provide that transit service for those in need. 
and that's good. But there's also a certain amount that we need to be able to kind of understand is how much more can we ask from people and to be able to provide that when there's so many other needs also in the community that we have to still continue to work on and addressing. So I'll all, kind of put it towards that. All that is to say, though uh, we have passed this year's budget, there are still some things to be worked out on the transit side, and we are working with the public to do that. Yes. The transit side, because of the federal dollars that were attached to it, there was a whole process that had to go through that was going to exceed the budget kind of, um, yeah, the budget timeline for adoption. And we always had known that was going to be the case for that. So we had kind of put, you know, knew that as, you know, the council started asking questions and, you know, we had concerns from citizens on those type of things of there would be an opportunity to address this beyond the actual budget adoption and start date of October 1st. Very good. And I know our listening public, we didn't touch on a few things that you may be used to hearing about during our um, our budget recordings. And um, specifically, we didn't talk about traffic. We didn't talk about um, a lot of big infrastructure projects. And that's because those come from a different fund. That's our half cent fund. And this year, we are not combining that into this episode. We are actually going to do a whole separate episode to give you updates on big infrastructure projects where we're at with traffic because we know you really want to hear about that and we've got some really exciting updates to share so we will be bringing you back for that probably ed and some other people i don't know deputy dog you might be you, might, I mean, you may have opinions i think I, you have opinions i usually do you usually do mm-hmm. i usually get to hear them in private <laughs> i would like for our listening audience to be able to capture that as well um, in the meantime <laughs> once again uh, thank you, City Manager Ed Broussard, for being here. Hey, it is my pleasure. Uh, I always come enjoy doing this. You know, there is there's so much that, you know, it's, they don't know that I've got like 20 pages or 30 pages of notes in front of me. Craig has been doing a great job, hopefully, of trying to get all those flipping of the pages uh, sounds. But, <laughs> He'll be yeah, at it all night. Yeah, there's so much that we get. It's, we, a, lot we, of, we, it's a lot of information. It is. And we Wait, did, so, when do you, a, so you guys start? In March. Yeah. So I mean, our, think about that. Yeah, our budget process starts about in March. Um, in fact, are we really even start kind of changing up some of the processes mm-hmm. now? Even though the you know budget just got adopted or went into effect um, kind of at the time of this recording last week. And though, but we've already started meeting about, hey, how would someone change up some of the processes to make it better for everybody uh, this next time around? Uh, but yeah, March and uh, we start in February and March, we start getting numbers, uh, kind of put those together, kind of work, you know, just... Uh, in my conference room for a few months and finally come August, uh, have a budget to present publicly and uh, adopt in September. It's a long process. Um, It's not easy. Although Ed makes it look easy. And Kedrick, Kedrick, our chief financial officer. Yes. Do a Um, great job. Lauren. And let me say this as well, because we, you know, in a lot of the conversation, we're leaving out the mayor and the council. Um, Yes. And, you know, You'll you'll often see when we do the budget presentation, it seems as though, wow, those guys really, you know, they don't, they seem like they know everything in this already. And the reason is because they do. Uh, We have opportunities to talk to them behind, you know, just kind of individually and let them know what's coming up in the budget. But a big component is the fact that, especially now with some of the different retreats we've had, uh, the council committees that are working on different issues and items, they are leading this process, the budget process, so that their kind of direction, the policies that they set up, uh, what they want to see us move forward with, that's the component that we are ultimately working on on this budget. And to kind of put this, to take this all the way back to the beginning of this uh, discussion when we're talking about as far as the investment of our uh, citizens, and that's ultimately what, you know, property taxes 
you're paying are is that is an investment uh, into the properties that you have, uh, the sales tax, all the different money we collect that goes into the paying for all of these services is so that you have a better community tomorrow than you do today. And the council are the ones who are driving that to say, here is what is our direction of our community. And those, look at it this way. Your mayor and council are your board of directors. They are the people that you have elected uh, to be able to manage what your investment into this community and be able to kind of set the stage for the direction of where that goes. And they do an incredible job of it. We're very proud of all, all seven of them. Uh, and Mayor Warren does an incredible job as far as leading them through this process and through the different committees. And so that's, you know, just our hats off to them uh, for the for work sure. that they do in kind of giving us well, the information of what we need to know in order to be able to build a budget that then supports their, their direction there as far as their, uh, as they are future ready uh, for yeah. our community. Future there it is. There you go. There Take it a is. Shot. <laughs> I don't really. Um, this is. <laughs> they and, and yes, they do an amazing job, and I think you know all of the staff are so appreciative of of that leadership, and we definitely <clears throat> have felt it in this budget process. We do. Feel, I feel future ready. I know. <laughs> uh, no, my team feels future ready. <laughs> I know. Ed's you know, pretending to take a drink. Take, yes. You've got coffee. You yes, exactly. Well, it's empty now. <laughs> we drank it all. We, we, yes, we drank it all. We've exhausted. We've, we've exhausted the coffee. And uh, and Stephanie, thank you for co-hosting thank today. Thank you for it's having always me. Always lovely to to have you here. Thank you. You add a lot of value to these conversations and definitely a lot of fun. And um, Stephanie knows a whole lot of the behind the scenes that, yeah, that she can help kind of move this forward <laughs> yeah. because she has her fingers in the pot. She and, and she always has that timeline going. She's like, all right, wrap it up, people. <laughs> move it on. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a good time Maybe to be um, but for our listening audiences, so we are, this theme this year is future ready. So if you've got questions about what's going to happen, what does future ready mean? What, what's going to happen in the future? What, uh, what do you want to know? You can always email us at publicrelations at tylertexas.com or you can DM us at all the places you can find social media except for TikTok. There's a law and, um, <laughs> we will get with you, uh, be sure to give us show ideas because we're here for you. We want to talk about the things that you want to know about uh, so that you will continue to listen. And until the next time where we will probably do Half Cent or some of the other cool topics that we've had sent in, uh, I am your host, Julie Goodgame. This is Roses and Weeds, and we'll see you downtown later. Bye. Okay. Thanks for having us. Bye, yes. guys.